This podcast sponsored by Prime Super, taking the complexity out of super administration so that you can get on with your business. Go to primesuper.com.au to see what we can do for you. I'm with Project Officer for Forgotten Australians at Helping Hand, Diana O'Neill. Diana, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. So first off, and I believe they are recognised in law, but explain to us exactly what a Forgotten Australian is or who are they? Forgotten Australians are individuals who were placed in institutional or out-of-home care and they categorise it from 1901 to 1989. Um, And so they're individuals who, for a variety of reasons, were placed in care. And in addition to that, um, under the category of care leavers, you'll also have stolen generations and former child migrants. But Forgotten Australians with a group, the largely Anglo group, um, who weren't um, placed in care as a result of race or uh, were forced child migrants. Mm -hmm. And obviously within that time period, 1901 to 1989, a lot of these Australians are now going to be either coming to the age where they're looking at potentially going into aged care or already there. How many are we looking at? Well, the calculation was approximately 500,000 and it was by far the numerically most significant group, as terrible as the experiences for stolen gen and um, uh, child migrants were numerically by far the largest group is forgotten Australians and they are indeed an ageing cohort, so Mm -hmm. that's a reality. And they're called forgotten Australians, but obviously now we're starting to realise, when did uh, the government or when did you know, aged care professionals in general start to recognise that this was a group with a specific set of issues that need to be addressed? Well, to be honest, I don't think the aged care sector particularly picked this issue up and it's really been the advocacy of these groups themselves, care leaders groups themselves, that have raised this issue. And I think that's what's really important about this project is that it's um, a recognition that the aged care sector does need to start responding and um, it's really been the result of the advocacy of these groups that and apologies that have been um, offered by the Commonwealth Government that has actually seen recognition being taken of their emerging needs. Mm-hmm. So how did uh, your group Forgotten Australians Helping Hands, how did they get involved in this area? Well, Helping Hand as an organisation would have received the Commonwealth information package that was sent out in December 2016. And I think they saw the video and um, it's a very challenging and important piece of work. Um, But not, I don't, it's difficult to gauge how many organisations actually saw the material that was sent out by the department um, because it went in various locations and there was no implementation strategy attached. So it was kind of just good fortune that Helping Hand as an aged care provider had some contact with Relationships Australia, South Australia, and this Relationships Australia um, has a particular role in providing support to forgotten Australians, stolen gen and child migrants. And in casual conversation, it emerged that there was a real need to do some work in this area. So a partnership really formed between the two organisations, which provided a powerful base for for more work. Mm -hmm. And so now what kind of specific things does your organisation do in, in that community? 
what we've undertaken to do in in what is really still quite a short-term project and we're really hoping that more work can be done in this space and that more funding can be applied is we really wanted to start talking directly with forgotten Australians about what their needs were and about how they wanted um, aged care providers to respond to their needs. So we really embarked on a very significant consultation and co-design project with Forgotten Australians in South Australia um, to see what their needs and issues were. And as a result, a variety of things happened, which is terrific. <laughs> Um, such as, I mean, what have you learned? What what exactly specific needs or what practically can aged care providers do to to make these people, you know, like some uh, I, from the video I see, some do not like the ward set up because it brings back painful memories. I think that seems to be the main, some of the main um, issues is distrust of institutions and hospitals and people of you know, authority. I, I, think that, I think that's one of the really critical things that you've put, picked up on, Connor, is that the big difference for forgotten Australians is that whilst other individuals want choice and independence in and care as part of their aged care uh, provision, service provision, these are individuals who are actually abused in institutional settings and by um, instruments of the state and voluntary organisations and churches. Mm -hmm. So the background of trauma whilst other older individuals may well have had experiences of trauma, they won't necessarily have come about as a result of systemic failure of institutions and government. And I think that's a really important point to understand and a point of distinction for this group and why their needs for maintaining choice, control, dignity, independence is so amplified. And that's really underpinned their responses to us. They want to be assured that their voice will be heard because as children their voices weren't heard. Mm -hmm. And that's really a critical issue. So, yes, the implications for me have been vast for many of them and lifelong because when you're shaped by trauma experience as a child, it's not something that leaves you. And people have had varied outcomes, but by and large there is real limitations on people's trust in authority structures. Mm -hmm. There's a great deal of reticence around medical profession. Mm -hmm. um, any authority structures, actually, um, have been structures which, in their experience, caused them harm. So understandably, when you come into a more regulated system again and where medical authority and power is dominant, those that's going to trigger and raise a variety of concerns. Mm -hmm. So it ranges not just then to physical setup and access, but things like if you've been uh, experienced sexual abuse, it may influence whether or not you can cope with certain practices or gender of your carer. Mm -hmm. um, if you've been exposed to terrible food <laughs> yeah. um, as a child, there'll be certain things that you will never eat. Mm -hmm. Or if you had no possessions or they were taken from you, what possessions you have may have elevated importance. And it extends to things like not necessarily having the same network of family and supporters around you because children are removed from those contexts. So they're often very likely to be more isolated and not have advocates and family members who are there to care for them. So all of those things add up to a real fear 
of going into an aged care setting and being exposed and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so as a result of some of these things you've learned, I mean, are you and this group now, uh, you know, actively engaging with aged care providers? Are they they listening to and, you know, shaping their ideas and how they set up these facilities with a view to the Forgotten Australians? Well, I mean, I need to say this is early days in the work, but Mm -hmm. Helping Hand has managed with the guidance of some terrific Forgotten Australian um, individuals to create a position statement or a policy statement for the organisation, which really can act as, I think, as a start point for other providers to say, how do we want to formally recognise the needs of this particular group of people and how we might respond to it? And so our executive has actually approved that and we're in the process of um, getting the policy statement published and it will become a publicly available document. Mm -hmm. And we did share this information with other providers at um, the laser conference recently and we also heard a forum for other aged care providers in South Australia to update them on our work. And we've been delighted with the response from some of the other providers who are really interested in what we've been doing and are looking forward to our work, which we will be sharing um, publicly I think probably late January. Mm-hmm. So it, it does set up a, a situation where others can start saying, well, how are we recognising this group and what care are we going to consider providing and how we might approach working with them um, to provide the best possible care and assurances of well-being mm-hmm. into the future. So we're quite optimistic, but we would be very enthusiastic to be able to continue this work. There's a lot that needs to be done in developing better understanding of how to care for older people in a variety of settings, whether it's residential or home-based care, in that has care that's informed by trauma and understanding what that looks like and how that needs to be responded to. Mm-hmm. So there's trauma-informed care and, and an approach to trauma-informed care is something that we're very keen to develop more along with good screening tools and a variety of other methods to help us to identify and respond to the group. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, lastly, I'm curious, uh, is there any government help or engagement with government? Are they seeing this as a priority issue? Um, government has expressed interest in it and we have been able to share information about the project, but we do need to emphasise at this point that Helping Hand has been able to do this work because of philanthropic funds and at this stage um, uh, we've been dependent upon that for engaging in this work. We are looking um, and working hard with government to see what other opportunities there are to fund this work. Fortunately, Flinders University here in South Australia has also just attracted some research funds um, in their health department and they'll be doing some more work on literature searches and um, uh, research in relation to screening tools. So there is growing interest in in this work and we're hopeful that we will get a wider range of support into the future. Diana O'Neill, thank you very much for joining us. That's all right, my pleasure. Thank you.